Ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, welcome one and all to the anime podcast of some sort, brought to you by the fine folks at Delta Juliet Mike Media, which is pretty much me. I'm David, David Majors. I'm also DJM. My co-host on the APOS, Jack D'Allister. What's up, Jack? Oh, the world owes me a living. Delight, little, light, little. I don't know. I don't know. Life is something. <laughs> it sure is. I, I know... You are literally the last person for me to say this, but I did not expect the show tunes right out the gate. Quite, fr- <laughs> quite, quite frankly, I should have known better. I should have oh, known oh, better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've just been steeping in uh, Bioworks. I think it's a yearly thing since, uh, you know, Cuphead did come around uh, the late September October thing that was kind of like where the craze was and I'm I'm back at it but I do not shy away from the animes and I believe we do have some animes to talk about among we other things do, we do have some animes to talk about among other things and we had so much to talk about but that we managed to sucker I mean uh, invite another guest onto the show uh, joining us courtesy of pointsandcase.com and the host of the page to frame content podcast please welcome everybody to apos jason gong jason thanks for joining us hey guys thanks for having me i'm sorry i didn't prepare a show tune for my intro <laughs> oh that's fine i got plenty you can borrow that, that, that is okay uh the, the the less singing on this podcast with the exception of jack the better i believe it's oh, really do it. good to me and good so to i me. think the lord <laughs> i love it we're gonna I'm, yeah we'll close it with a duet. <laughs> you guys go right ahead. I, I will be here with the headphones checking the levels at the end. But before we get there, uh, let, let's throw it around a little bit. Let's let's just let's just kick back and and talk about some cartoons. Uh, Jason, we'll start off with you. Uh, what have you been into these days? What have you been watching? What are you up to? Yeah, so I want to preface by saying I'm probably not as much of an anime expert as you guys or some of your other guests. (laughs) (laughs) Jason, before I let you go, I want to give a quick shout out to our buddy Buggy, who pointed out that the anime podcast of some sort oftentimes deviates a little bit from the norm of all of the other anime podcasts out there. And that, and that we're not t- totally diving in all the time. But, uh, yeah, go ahead, Jason. Go that, ahead. That is a relief. Yeah. Um, so I've been following mostly mainstream things. Uh, My Hero Academia Season 3 just ended, um, which was, you know, very sad for me because it was – it's actually the one show – where me and my friends like all gather in one place on Saturday mornings to watch a cartoon together. And we did that Adorable. for like, right? And I haven't done that since I was a kid. And this show made it happen for me again. Uh, but now it's on break. Um, but the movie was just released in American theaters last month. I'm not sure if you guys covered that, but I did get to pay top dollar to see that. And, uh, yeah, it was great. I don't know if you guys got to catch it. I don't know if you follow that series, but if you don't, I recommend it. And uh, the movie's super cool, and I'm excited for the home release, which I believe is in February. Uh, uh, I I do keep it. we 
I do keep up with My Hero Academia a little bit here and there. I I pop in and out with most of the most of the big shonen shows except for One Piece. I pop in and out uh, as needed. And I had friends, lots of friends, do like a big meetup for the movie in, in the theaters when it was out. And by all accounts, it got nothing but positive reviews. And it seems like My Hero Academia just keeps running strong. So it, it's going to be around for a while because it's it's doing so well. It's doing exceptionally well. And whenever I do pop in and check on it and do a quick four or five episodes, it's it's still pretty good. Jack, how about you? Um, well, I'll get into a, a shonen that I hold very near and dear to my heart and always will, you know, despite however many shonen come and go. But for what My Hero Academia is, I'm not 100% in on the superhero genre anymore. I've been kind of out of it since uh, Tommy McGuire stole my heart back in the day. I'm actually really happy that's becoming a whole meme. I don't really care that he's the object of ridicule with pizza time. Like, I don't give a crap. I'm just happy people care about the movies again. But anyway. Point being, uh, we never really saw an anime take uh, these kinds of Western tropes this far, except a little thing called Tiger and Bunny, which I, I'm an adult. I don't tend to really go in for those uh, high school stories anymore, except the one I will be talking about, like I'm, I'll mention. But I do, I do like uh, the way that it has that setting a little bit better. That being said, the My Hero Academia movie has been going gangbusters. A lot of my friends have been out there uh, doing their thing. And the cosplay scene, you know, just keeps getting wilder and wilder. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with a really fantastic work that, you know, has, you know, characters that people will uh, latch onto and and stuff like that. Like, I I have absolutely no uh, bad things to say about it. It's just not my thing. But that is really good that it's been uh, continuing to go strong. Uh, yes, uh, that's really about all I can say. Jason, there is something in here in, in the show notes that really caught my attention. And uh, I have been uh, telling the good word about the fact that Netflix might be my favorite anime distributor of 2018. And you have a show in here, uh, Seven Deadly Sins, that I've been meaning to check out. Uh, I temporarily put my Netflix subscription on hold, but uh, I'm a little interested. Tell me about it. Sure. So, uh, Seven Deadly Sins is basically a shonen anime that utilizes... Um, middle age fantasy tropes as its aesthetic. So the seven deadly sins are all, they're people, they're all knights of the kingdom that were banished for crimes that they may or may not have done. And the show follows the main sin, who is the sin of wrath, teaming up with one of the princesses of the kingdom to go track down the other sins and then sort of clear their name and take the kingdom back from the true evil forces that are behind everything. So it's just a really cool action anime, um, and it it utilizes probably one of my favorite video game and shonen tropes, which is the characters when they're fighting, they always call their attack. So yes, yeah. So a timeless stuff. A timeless classic. classic. Ain't nothing wrong with cliches. It's how you use them, and sometimes some are just born great. Exactly, and that's um, not to circle back too much to My Hero Academia, but that's one thing I like about both shows is that each character is gifted with like a very unique power set. There's no character that 
there's no two characters that do the same type of fighting. So every character on Seven Deadly Sins has multiple special moves and there's no crossover with those special moves with other characters. So every time you meet someone, you get to look forward to all these cool powers that they're going to have and see how they employ them in these fights. Um, one thing I don't care for as much in Seven Deadly Sins is the amount of fan service. <laughs> that's Understandable. That's, and there is a lot of that. So if that's something you guys are also averse to, I would say power through it, but know it's going to be there. Well, it ain't called the Seven Cardinal Virtues, am I right? Hey. Uh, uh, the, the issue of fan service in anime has come up once or twice on this podcast. Once or twice. But uh, I, I appreciate the recommendation, and as I've said, uh, if it's a Netflix anime, I'm I'm at least willing to give it a chance. Uh, a new show that I was interested in earlier this year uh, that was still uh, only in sub form, but it's a Netflix exclusive, Last Hope, just came out, and uh, a couple of my favorite shows of 2018 have been on Netflix, so... I am willing to give Netflix a chance more than I am some of the other big distributors on this side of the world. So I'm willing to look at Seven Deadly Sins myself. And I have a couple of shows from really all over the place, all of the big distributors now that I'm going to be talking about in a second. But Jack, I'm going to let you go first. What have you got going on? Oh, well, thank you. Uh, I've kind of been crossing the platforms myself, and I have a little thing about uh, the, the big H that I, I have to get off my chest. I guess I'll just get that out of the way since it's the one non-anime-related thing. But, uh, net sorry, not Netflix. Hulu! I am a student, and I'm using your student plan. Bold of you to assume that a young man with nostalgic tendencies wouldn't want to watch DuckTales 2017 legally. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's it's Excuse not there. Excuse me. It's not oh, it's there. It's there, but not for the student plan. Oh. You got to pay full price, boy, or get the family plan. It's so weird. And I'm just sitting here. I've got all these duck related cosplays. I promise <laughs> it, it was a coincidence, but now they're just kind of piling up and I don't know what happened, but I'm I just <laughs> It's inconceivable. And all I could say, Hulu, is that if this issue does not get resolved for me and the thousands of people that are taking our business to Verve and watching Hinamatsuri, I will come to your headquarters and I will be the terror that flaps in the night and I will be the tube of cadmium yellow that's impossible to open. I will be your worst nightmare if you do not fix this, Hulu, because you clearly listen to an anime podcast of some sort. It sounds like whoever so came up with this. I, I was gonna say whoever came up with this plan sounds like a real quack. But go ahead about <laughs> Hinamatsuri. So, um, I've been watching uh, the uh, the Life of Psyche K on uh, Netflix, which was about a psychic boy. So I turned to a story about three psychic girls. David, Hinamatsuri is the story of the lives of three young girls with these kinds of telekinetic powers and they have three very unique and very humorous situations that they've caught themselves in. Uh, one of them is living with a mob boss. That's the aforementioned Hina. One is living with a group of homeless guys who are teaching her how to live life on the streets. And one has inexplicably gotten a job as a bartender and everything weaves together in just a 
really excellent, charming, and again, funny way. And I don't know if either of you have seen the anime Salty Ray or are familiar with it. Yes, yes, Salty Ray. I have seen Uh, it, yes. I haven't gotten terribly far in Hina Matsuri, but the way that they are playing the relationship between Hina and her basically adopted father, the mob, the uh, not the mob boss, but he's just a member of the Yakuza, um, very much reminiscent of that anime. And I love that because if there was something that Salty Ray got besides the ex- excellent sci-fi world building and action, it was the human relationship especially between their father and daughter figure so i'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes again it's very funny it's got a really nice slightly higher level of detail in its character art than it than most anime does these days there's a lot of detail in the shading for the hair and clothes and it just it goes the extra mile for me everything's kind of nice and painterly characters look great it's a really fun watch and i can't wait to watch more and you know the girls just so happen to be psychic so if you think that it's going to be a typical slice of life it, it has some moments that'll really catch you off guard and i'm enjoying that and i'm also returning to a favorite of mine on netflix my uh, favorite jack, shonen I, of all i was time. gonna say yes. jack d- did you see that psyche k was going to get another season of its anime it has a new season and i am catching yes. up on that as well all right and go ahead again psyche k for anyone who feels left out of anything ever in your ever in your entire life you ever felt like that once please watch that anime because it's excellent for that uh then i'm going on netflix not only for psyche k but also to revisit my favorite shonen of all time no matter what comes and goes no matter what they do to the spin-offs of this series oh god please don't look at the spin-off of this series i love it and it's got some fan service but honestly I can never not make a case for this anime, and that is Soul Eater. It's just, it's the one that has the aesthetic, the action, the characters, everything is there for me. And that's completely up to my personal preference. I can totally see why people would feel that way about My Hero Academia, but that's the one. You haven't watched it, you're looking for something kind of cute, kind of cartoony a little bit. A little bit scary in some instances. Really great action sequences. Soul Eater. That's the one. It's always going to be Soul Eater. And then right underneath that, One Piece. But not for Halloween. Unless it's Brooke. And what's this about Little Witch Academia that you had here in the show notes? Oh, yes. Uh, so I, I've i been playing this. It's been a couple of weeks since I had uh, picked it up. But I've been playing the Little Witch Academia game. Uh, the Chamber of Time, and I got to tell you, David, this might be my favorite uh, game based off of any kind of pre-existing any. It honestly, I, I don't know how. Are either of you familiar with at least the the initial short that they made of Little Witch Academia, or have you seen any of the anime proper? I'm not. Anime? It's on my list though. So, um, for you and everyone else. Uh, Studio Trigger, that was their first project, was the standalone episode kind of giving the premise of Little Witch Academia. And I think that that uh, episode has some elements that the main, main series didn't necessarily keep. And one of the things was they had almost a video game or game-like in general aspect to the witch's uh, 
homework and field work and that kind of thing. And they even outwardly said, my favorite character, Susie, goes, oh, this is like an RPG. This is weird. And the game perfectly takes the style that that short had and has the characters, the full cast, the full scope from the series proper. And, of course, that that fantastic studio trigger art style it's very reminiscent of space patrol luluco if you haven't seen what little witch academia looks like because you are like me and you sit under a rock forever it's a really nice game it if you haven't even seen the anime it's also really good because it pretty much introduces everybody to you i am really enjoying it it's a really nice side-scrolling rpg the battles are pretty interesting it's fairly unique with the way that it plays and i think that that is almost what people need to look for in their games these days because i can't tell you if i get another generic anime rpg again i'm going to die i will actually die don't kill me japan don't uh, do jack this. if you're wanting something that isn't generic but is still very much anime uh i, I was going to talk about since we talked about it uh with samantha on the last episode uh fist of the north star lost paradise Yes, uh, I'm still enjoying the hell out of this game. Uh, I'm I'm never been one that's been too savvy on the Yakuza series. It's always left me a little bit kind of cold, more or less. But you you take the Yakuza engine and you put Fist of the North Star on top of it, and man, man, yes. I am am I am I having fun with this game? That is the perfect way to marry... That is the perfect style of gameplay for a Fist of the North Star game. Holy cow. And it is still as bloody and as violent as the anime itself with the Hokuto Shinken and just everything about it. Like, I'm, I'm going at it at a fairly slow pace uh, because I, I have real life and I'm, I'm aging out of the demo and I'm slowly becoming an old man, but I'm getting there. But I'm having fun with it. I'm having all kinds of fun with Fists of the North Star Lost Paradise. And it's nice to have a video game that I feel like I can just enjoy. Like a lot of the other games that I that I play, it's about repetition and practicing and getting better and getting good. And, and, and with this, with Fists of the North Star, I'm just kind of turning it on and, and playing it and enjoying it. It's, dare I say, a very good game casual game now now jack are are the yakuza series and jason if you're familiar go ahead and jump in uh, are the yakuza games kind of casual in that way can they be played that way well i've only played along with uh, a buddy of mine so i've always had to play casually i've never played through the entire story of a yakuza game Honestly, neither have I. I think it's one of those things like Shenmue that you just kind of play for ages and then like maybe, maybe months down the line or you haven't played the game in years, you unpack it in your new apartment and you're like, huh, Yakuza, okay. And you plug it in and, and you, then you're playing it again and you'll never beat it. That's just what life is, is more Yakuza at <laughs> odd inner your life. That's what it is. It's like Disgaea too. Ugh, that that's another one. That's another one that I've kind of avoided. But uh, well, we'll, this guy, we'll see. I it's a better visual style to me. But um, honestly, it really depends on what you're in the mood for. But Yakuza is definitely that kind of game. I think it's not that it's a casual game and that it doesn't tax you or you know rely on your hand eye. But 
it definitely is kind of one of those things that you just want under through for a while aimlessly that, that that's what i've been doing with fists of the north star and, and the city of eden and and it's fun it is fun uh it is just enough of an action game to to keep my my adrenaline and my blood and my uh attention exactly. span going but it's also got just enough story elements and rpg elements to make me feel like this isn't just uh um, it, it isn't just a platinum game, so I'm enjoying. It. <laughs> that that, that was resist. said with that was said with love. I, I say that about platinum games with love. Uh, what I what I will also talk about with love is Gundam NT Gundam Narrative. Uh, new trailers. Uh, it, it is coming out in Japan in November. Uh, the end of November, however, unfortunately, because Sunrise and Bandai can never get anything right with Gundam, uh, there is still no Western theatrical release. Come on, Sunrise. You know Gundam is popular. You know Gundam is popular all over the world. You know the world loves Gundam. It is a sci-fi franchise institution with all of the other sci-fi franchise institutions all over the world. I have been saying for months how happy I am for all of my friends to get to see these theatrical releases of these anime that they all love. Come on, man. Give me some Gundam. It's going to be... It, it, this show, I've seen the trailers. It looks as good as Gundam Thunderbolt did. And just imagine that on the big screen and for all of the Gundam snobs it takes part in the Universal Century it's part of the UC story so it's just pure prime 2018 Gundam without any kind of meta story about how really it's just about kids playing with toys it really is a Gundam story and I want to see it in theaters I want to see this I really want to see this. Everyone else has gotten their movies they want to see. Why can't I see Gundam NT? You know what to do, listeners. We got to start a petition. Because <laughs> those work. Dude, yeah, yeah. What I, do you think's I, holding I, it up? Uh, S- Sunrise and Bandai, uh, for almost 20 years now, they've kind of just kind of flopped and face-planted on the fact that Gundam is a global brand but they do so much that is just uh, the comparison i would make is square enix and you always hear these stories about how square enix does so much more for their japanese audience and their japanese fans and they essentially when they see some of their games sell really well globally they're always like what we have fans outside of Japan? Get out of here. And that's kind of how Sunrise is with Gundam. And again, it's Mobile Suit Gundam. Of course they have fans all over the world. And of course this is looking like it's going to be a great movie. But they're they're just not doing anything because they're they're kind of tone deaf in that way. They're, they're, they just don't think about things on a global level like for a while they just they stopped releasing Gundam in DVD form entirely until uh, fans globally just were practically screaming at Sunrise like what the fuck are you doing Mm -hmm. and 
Well, it was the robots. Yeah. Right. And it, it's taken that much just in the last few years to, to just get some kind of awareness uh, to Sunrise. And I just feel like this is them dropping the ball again. And hopefully there will be some news soon because if there is, I'm there. But man, I I can honestly say I don't want to have to not support the official release for this. I want to support the official release for this. So I'm saying don't make me pirate this, Sunrise. Don't make me pirate this. Uh, I, I'm, I'm being like Philip Fry right now, and I'm saying you can have my money if, if you do this. If you do this and put it in theaters, you can have my money. You can have it. Just just get it done. Just get it done. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> Never apologize for something. <laughs> ever. Well, you actually have another thing here, David, that you uh, you mentioned you had an interest in uh, by the devil, devil Hulu. But <clears throat> there was, yeah. I haven't heard of this one. So this uh, is interesting. Yeah. Hulu, um, because... I, I have plenty of issues Hello? with Hulu as it is uh, because their their ad stream is just just terrible. They they have terrible ads. Uh, but it turns out that a show from last year uh, on its in season, a show that kind of caught my attention, is going to be getting a run on Hulu in dub form, and that is called K: The Return of Kings. Uh, when I first saw this anime and wanted to recommend it for its in-season last year, I thought it had kind of a, a very cool, stylistic look to it. And I felt like, if given the right venue, this show could be a hit. Uh, it's It's got action, it's very modern, sci-fi, stylistic. Uh, it's not too future-y. Uh, but it also has the fantasy anime style to it as well. It's it's an action show. Uh, the costumes are really cool. Uh, I thought that if given the the right time and place, this could have been definitely one of those things you could have seen as a group cosplay. But it didn't work out. I, I expected this show to do a little better than it did. But now that I'm seeing it getting uh, a dub and will be on Hulu, I'm going to check it out. And it's nice to know that even though I've been in something of an anime malaise the last few months, it seems like the shows that I was interested in six months to a year ago are finally getting picked up. And I'm going to bring up another one. Uh, this time it's it's on Netflix, uh, my, my buddy Netflix. Uh, it was a show called uh, Last Hope. And hey... It's also kind of a mech show, but it is a, a, it's a Chinese and Japanese a animation uh, company team-up uh, revolving around a, a guy who accidentally destroyed the world, and now he's going to try and fix it with help of his mech and the last uh, human standing city in China. So I'm, I'm interested in it now that I'm going to be able to see it in in dub form because it did not get it actually didn't get an official release uh, during its initial run and I had to watch it on daily motion of all places uh, it, it wasn't anywhere else wow because well, when when it came out it was like oh Netflix got it well I guess we're just gonna have to wait until later this year for it to get dubbed huh. Uh, Jack, th this is the one that I talked about that was called Junshiki Pandora. Uh, yes. I talked about it months ago. 
This I, is the I one. do remember that. I do remember that vaguely. But um, I apologize. I just want to back up a bit to K Return of Kings and inform you and our listeners uh, of a little something. The time for K has actually passed because this is not the first series about these characters and their story. There was actually a, an original series that was merely called K in 2012, and it was based off of the manga of the same name. There's plenty of spinoffs of the manga as well, all different kinds of characters having their a day in the spotlight. It's essentially a turf gang war kind of idea with that uh, modern science fiction, uh, almost mystical setting to it. And I don't know if you, David, or anyone who has an interest in Return of Cakes would actually be... Uh, uh, would benefit any from watching the original K series because it seems to be an entirely I, different. Yes, th that's what I remember hearing. That uh, Return of Kings really was a standalone series from the original, and when I saw the trailer, it really caught my attention. Like, oh, this this looks pretty sweet, and for a while, it just seemed like it, it was kind of hard to find, but. Now I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I yeah. guess it did it did well enough to get a dub, which which means something. It does Indeed. mean something. And well, and the original series is not is not bad. I it just seems to be different. So I don't know if it would be behoove you to watch it beforehand or anything like that. But it's definitely worth checking out of, for its own merits. And the characters are are great. It's a good cast for sure. Uh, and it is pretty sad that it hasn't really seen its day, but it has. It's just something that uh, I kind of hitched up on in the, at the very last minute, right when it was kind of starting to die. But it's kind of interesting to see it coming back like this. But there's a lot, a lot of media for this. A lot of games, a lot of spinoff mangas. It's, it's pretty crazy. So it seems that the concept is going to stay. It's here to stay. No, it's good. made itself a nest. Jack, where did you uh, originally watch the first series? The first series? Um, <laughs> do I have to answer that here? I did watch the official release of the dub, K after purchasing it on iTunes. So there is, but, Got you it. know, you know, I, I, I made an amendment to my earlier viewing of it beforehand. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, Return of Kings is. I'll be looking forward to that. I will too. Also, just to finally keep things current, uh, there is one show currently airing this season that I did watch and check out, and that is SSSS Gridman. And shout out to the boys over at Buildcasters, because while I was watching the first two episodes of this series, it, it dawned on me that, aside from this being a, a tokusatsu show, uh, the SSSS reminded me of the oft-forgotten, uh, at least w outside of the Toku fandom, uh, of the legendary 90s American show Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Uh, guys, are, are you familiar with this one? I love that acronym. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not familiar with that. Okay, so j just to uh, further cement this in the 90s, uh, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, uh, uh, again, was a Toku's show, uh, but do you know who was the star of this? Tell us. It, it was Matthew Lawrence, the younger brother what? of Joey Lawrence. 
Huh. Rule of three. Nani? Yes. And again, this was a just, this was during like peak Power Rangers when everybody wanted to find their own kind of uh, tokusatsu or sentai show to adapt and make their own and this one was just a blast and that's what that's what gridman first reminded me of and then i realized uh, on twitter it was like oh my god of course that it's superhuman samurai cyber squad (laughs) and And the premise was essentially the same, where we had a a young man who had lost his memory and then had realized Gridman, the hero, uh, was fighting evil uh, inside the cyber world. And and it was kind of like the real world. And it was like, oh, my God. It was like an epiphany. And then I realized this is great. This is fantastic. And... It is, it's so innocent and awesome and fun, and it's it's been a while since I've just really had a fun show like this. So it's I'm, really good to hear you excitedly talking about it. And and all it took was a a show that reminded me of something of a really cheesy American toku show from the nineties. That's all it really took. So this show Back is in actually the 90s, based on I this. was in a very, very odd Tokatsu so. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. This uh so this is actually based on that show then or the Japanese version of it. Yes, that's, yes. That's pretty sweet. And this is also another Studio Trigger show it looks like. Ah, oh, that's very good. They needed another hit because honestly, oh dear. Oh dear. Yeah, I think this will be it. I'll be very franks about <laughs> Studio Trigger being hit or miss. Very hit or miss. I could kill uh, kill a lot of brain cells watching some of their I shows. I told you Jack we're never bringing that show up on this podcast again. I don't I don't know what I, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just engaging in some silly wordplay. <laughs> Which I actually one? forgot about an anime, David. A, a a very relevant anime to the most wonderful time of the year. Spook. And cold, uh, cold and flu I season? Did, I did mention this. I did mention this briefly uh on our anime uh, fall season uh, episode that I was going to be checking this out and I did check it out so oh my gosh I actually followed through on watching an anime in the season uh, it is Gaikotsu Sotenin Honda-san or Skeleton Bookstore Clerk Honda-san if that makes it a little bit more reminiscent it was the skeleton anime the one that seemed to be oh the one that stuck yes Yo, I saw I saw a clip of that on Twitter. Maybe it was your Twitter. Uh, oh, but yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was. It was very likely my Twitter or somebody who shared it with me. It's it's really really funny. It's very fast paced, and it I was reminded of it because you, we mentioned Studio Trigger again, and I remembered a little something that they did called Inferno Cop, which is the best yes. thing they made. Yeah, it is. None. It Shut is. up. Don't at me, Jack yeah. D. Ty- Inferno Cop's the best. This is very similar in animation style and pacing in its uh, comedy to Inferno Cop. It's a lot of stills of the characters. There's a little bit more animation than Inferno Cop had, but it's very, very similar. And yeah, if you need some silly skeletons for your meme-tastic enjoyment of this year, but 
I did neglect to ask, and I will go ahead and ask then. Is there anything that you two listen to or, or watch anime-wise or, or think about around this time of year? Because that. Jason, no, no. given that it is uh, Spooktober or, or whatever the kids want to call it these days. Zabane, uh, Halloween. Ha- <laughs> do, do you have any kind of spooky or scary shows around this time of year? Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't really watch horror anime. Something about watching it uh, on screen, the pacing doesn't work right for me. I haven't found one that's hit for me yet. Um, I guess when I'm consuming horror, I'm kind of like, I want to go through it quick. And so I usually like read manga when I want that, a horror fix from Japan. And um, I don't have like a very unique answer to this, but the spiral guy, the guy who... Uzumaki. Yeah, Junji Ito. Yeah. That's the one. Junji Ito. Yeah, so his whole aesthetic, his whole, you know, short stories done in manga form, always good for, like, actual spine-chillingness, always good with, like... I'm not familiar. Did he do Kyo with the killer fish? I'm going to look that up. But I definitely agree. The manga that guy puts out. Yeah, so that's incredible. Um, I almost bought, like... He's just like really influential, even just as an artist. Uh, when I lived in New York, I would see graffiti that was just, you know, his artwork that people used to tag places. So this guy has a lot of like crossover with Western mainstream appeal. And it makes a lot of sense. Like his output is pretty incredible. He makes a ton of these manga stories. And then my other spooky manga that I read is something called Monster. By, oh uh, yeah, that that's, that's the that one. was that yeah that was one of mine. Mm-hmm. Oh great, yeah Always. that's pro it's probably my favorite manga, and I could read it any time of the year. But you guys know it's like such a good psychological thriller with some really sc- scary elements, and it doesn't even use any body horror or anything. It's just scary. It it very much is like uh, one of my favorite horror movies, and this is an uh, this is a different uh, film. It's not Japanese, it's not an anime film, but Orphan uh, has the same kind of thesis, I think, to Monster, uh, the series as a whole. Of anybody is capable of some really awful, fucked up things, and I really love how Monster, especially at, at Japanese horror, man, especially. So are you reading the manga or do you watch the uh, HBO show? Because there was that. And it's not bad. There was an HBO show? Yeah, it, it's um, it's definitely localized for sure. The names have been uh, slightly changed, but it is it captures it really well. It's it's just like, you know, your average thriller television. Okay. Well, I shouldn't say average, but it, it definitely translates well, I should say, into that type of uh, television genre. But, you know... Uh, the manga, I think, nothing. You mentioned that reading the manga. I think you you're onto something there, especially with um Uzumaki Jinji Ito. That taking it at your own pace is what makes it scary, mm-hmm. as opposed to you know I'd rather read a Stephen King novel than see the movie, even if that means I'm gonna be in my chair for the next month. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta <agreed>. do it. <laughs> what about you, David? 
Uh, well, you already mentioned Monster, so uh, I'll just jump to the next one. Um, it, it took a while to... I might just have to sound it out and have someone at me the name of the show at Call Me DJM. Uh, it was an anime series that was kind of a a telling, the idea that it was telling like 101 different horror stories. I think it was called... Ayakashi Samurai Horror Tales. I think that's what it was called. And it was just this idea of all of these Japanese myths told in a horror style. And it was, there was no continuity. It was just telling these stories episode by episode. Uh, also, a show that I, I first discovered right around this time of year, uh, now I guess almost two years ago, a, a polarizing show to say the least, but I think for this time of year it definitely fits the mood. Uh, put on your buckle belts, everybody. I'm talking about Elf and Lead. Oh, that's the answer I was expecting. Interesting. Well, go on ahead. Um, I, I definitely think that if if you're in the mood, of, and it is this time of year, I think Elf and Lee does fit. I think it does. It, it's a little bit of psychological horror. It's a little bit of uh, gore porn, as it were. Well, it's, it's got a lot of gore porn. Uh, but it also <laughs> has some... It's got some psychological horror to it, and and it tells a a pretty disturbing story. Um, I'm not sure you could binge that one, but at the same time, it's it's October and and it's spooky time, so maybe you do want to binge this one. So, yeah, Elf and Lead, a, a polarizing anime if there ever was one, but that that would be that would be another one. You know, someone recommended Elfin Lead to me when I was a teen, so I just, like, casually turned it on. And, uh, yeah, I turned it off after, like, ten minutes. Like, that didn't, <laughs> yeah, it didn't yeah. sit with me. No, I, I, un- I understand that. Part. Viewer that, discretion is advised. Yeah. The, I think, now that I know going into it, I could power through that, but at the time, I couldn't do it. Oh, no, those first ten minutes of the first episode, yeah. That that was that was tough. Uh, I was watching it with someone uh, at the time, and it was like, "Wow, this this wasted no time uh, getting right into it." And I, I think that was part of the appeal. And it can either suck you in, or it can immediately repel you, just like nope. Uh, which is why I I get why Elfin Lead is so polarizing. I get it. But I think for this time of year, I think that's a good one. I think that's sometimes a good one. you need something a little bit on uh, a little bit past what you uh, normally the comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a shot. Um, okay, well, please go to let, let us know what yes. you think. Let us know what you think for for sure. Sure, I'll I'll uh, back away from that. But some of my go tos around this time of year are Hell Girl or Jigoku Shoujo. If you're a weeb. Uh, I really like that one. It's again kind of that episodic idea. That's the and Enma. That's with uh, the little girl uh, Enma, right? Uh, Aya. Aya. And it's it's excellent. It absolutely is excellent. It has the Japanese folklore of you know Wan Yudo, the demon wheel, and the roving eyes, and just some really excellent uh, uh, you know self-contained stories that play after you've gotten a sense for how formulaic that the show is of okay you get somebody who contacts the girl on the website 
And then, you know, after they've had their doubts, it finally happens. And then slowly the guy or whoever is being targeted is getting tortured in a very excellent, ironic manner. They start to really toy with it and play with it. And again, really uh, showcase the kind of questioning morality that Japanese horror does really excellently. And then, of course, the old standby, Shiki, another, those are very slow, very quiet kind of horrors, but I dig them, you know? Sometimes they're good to for that late-night binging. But Hellgirl, that's the one right there. And I, uh, Ayakashi Horror Tales, David, I, I remember this, and it reminded me of an older manga that might have been around the same time as Ayakashi, uh, Pet Shop of Horrors. I think I must have mentioned this on APOS or something sometime. It's a very old Tokyo Pop era. It actually got licensed and distributed in America, North America, by Tokyo Pop, of all things. So that's how you know this is an old one. Um, again, that kind of episodic story with a very reminiscent to uh, Dr. Frankenfurter protagonist, or not protagonist, but flagship character, I suppose. It's interesting. And more than a uh, idiosyncratic, quirky, fun, it's not all grim and gruesome so that one's also worth checking out if you're in a little in the mood for something a little bit more lighthearted. but that's that please enjoy please enjoy and let us know let us know and jason if you do go back to elf and lead by all means let me know uh what you think about it if you give it a watch uh yeah i'll check uh, there, out all these shows cool cool um well so also, there was actually some news, you guys. There's actually like some anime-related news. Uh, I, I saw it described by some as the whole anime industry on this side of the world just kind of flipping upside down and going all flippity-flew. Uh, Funimation and Crunchyroll ended their two-year partnership uh, after Sony uh, kind of made the point to say, and, and this is something that uh, people at Funimation pointed out that uh, while the relationship between Funimation and Crunchyroll was amicable and very successful for all parties involved, uh, the the impression that I got from some people at Funimation was that Sony, who, who is now the parent company of Funimation, uh, will be, I guess, feeding them a little bit more in terms of... of power and revenue uh, sony is going to be investing a little bit more into funimation so i guess the powers of be funimation at funimation decided that the partnership with crunchyroll was no longer necessary jason did you see this story i sure did david i saw it on your twitter feed um so the first i heard of it was your tweet that said i think it said something like it's good to see that funimation and crunchyroll are deciding how to split up their shows like a divorced couple or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So that made me research this before I even knew the, that we would be discussing it. The press um, releases from both sides were all like, this is, this is an amicable split. There's no heat. This is strictly business. You get yeah. to keep the problem child and we'll take <laughs> Jojo's Bizarre Adventure and Attack on Titan. It really does seem amicable. I know Crunchyroll is, they're kind of uh, replacing it with some other team up, right? Um, uh, I believe uh, Verve. Yeah. So 
I know they're gonna they're gonna find the content that they need to stay Crunchyroll. And then Funimation, it sounds like they're just getting, like you said, fed more by their parent company. And I think it's going to hurt for a lot of anime fans to have to decide between these services or bite the bullet and buy two services. Uh, But I think in the end, it's just going to bring more anime and related Japanese content over here to the West, um, which will probably be a good thing for weebs. And I thought it was one thing that was interesting in particular. And, Jack, I'll let you get in in a second. Um, High Dive, the the streaming outlet High Dive, uh, recently launched their Xbox One app uh, for streaming. And I I had been asking for a little while, hey, now that you have uh, an Xbox app, and that's when I realized, oh, so Funimation is, is... going back into Funimation now because Sony's going to help them out. Oh, that's why High Dive doesn't have an app on PlayStation. Indeed. That's why. Oh. oh. Wow. So huh. they haven't they just <laughs> released their Xbox One app, uh but you know, they don't have an app on PlayStation not yet. But it was like, oh. Okay, so so this is, it, it's not Funimation and Crunchyroll, it's Funimation and High Dive, and and it was just like or Sony oh. and Funimation, more more oh, accurately. Oh, yeah, you, you and, jump because we told you to. Well, they're 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 giving them, they're giving them a a big old meal of of investment. So hey, if if Crunchyroll if Funimation's gonna jump, I guess. Uh, Sony's giving them something to jump for. So Chris I, I Cross will make a jump, jump. I I can't be too mad at him for it, but you know, business is business. And now, unfortunately, I'm interested from the other end of it with uh, Crunchyroll because now it's a completely separate uh, section of Verve. But I'm interested because we recently did a story about their animation project. And we all know that Verve has ties to Frederator and Rooster Teeth. And I'm interested in seeing if that makes any crossover eventually, you know, somewhere along that partnership. So I'm I'm just putting that out there. I don't have any speculation right now. I don't want to seem like an imbecile. I probably already do. But that's something. Jack D says Ruby will be premiering in 2019 on Crunchyroll. You heard it here first. (laughs) No, I did not. What's the big idea? <laughs> Listen here, you. I won't stand for this besmirchment. <laughs> okay, so the breakdown is Verve is owned by uh, Warner Media, AT&T Warner, and then Verve ah. encompasses Crunchyroll, uh, Cartoon Hangover, which is that Frederator Studios, and then a bunch of other stuff here. Nerdist. It owns Nerdist. Okay. Nick Splat. Rooster Teeth. Yeah. So that's oh, Shudder. So it so Crunchyroll is now in this family of other streaming services and media outlets, I guess. And because they are in in the process of making their own original content, it'll be interesting to see if that benefits them at all. But like I said, 
no way to know for sure. It could always just be, well, we just have you like you're part of an online cable package thing now, which is the talk, the the buzzwords. That's what, you know, things are starting to move towards of, hey, you get all of this for a flat rate. And Verve is a really nice, a really nice value. I will just I, put that I just, right there. I just signed up for Verve over the weekend, and so far I'm pretty impressed. I'm pretty Love impressed. I feel like with Verve and Netflix, you're, you're going to get a lot. You're going to get a I've, lot. I've been watching Hina Matsuri off of Verve, so uh, that's where you can find it. That's Hina Matsuri, H-I-N-A-M-A-T-S-U-R-I. Yeah, I'll and check that out. And they have Nick Splat for me and my fellow 90s kids. <laughs> and Rocco's Modern Life, in case you need yourself a little bit of that millennial fix. <laughs> no DuckTales! Nobody has DuckTales for me. Not ponytails okay. or cottontails. You, you can always... I, I know Disney's working on their, their upcoming streaming series. Oh, yeah. Which hopefully... Oh, yeah. Which hopefully Nick Cage will be on. Since Netflix decided to cancel Nick Cage. I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! Luke Cage. Oh my god. Luke Cage. Cage. I'm so angry about it, I can't even think straight. I'm so happy I got to make that reference before October was over. (laughs) I don't know how often I try to wheel that into anything. I I got a dog for me. I, Jason, I got to tell you, I, I was out with some friends uh, that Saturday night when the news broke that Netflix was canceling Luke Cage, and I was out having a good time, what have you, and then I just saw it come up, and it was like, <gasps> I, I was devastated for the whole night. <laughs> like, I was, just, I, was just, <laughs> I was just, I was just, I was just, I like the idea I found of the theme song. <laughs> I like the concept that, like, now there's this new like where were you when this happened story yeah um, and it's the cancellation of luke cage it was trending yeah. number one when when that broke it trended number one yeah i mean it is a it is a bummer that is a shame well david now you can look forward to the new spinoff nick cage <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got a when watch that he's got like, another movie <laughs> He's got another movie coming out, and I swear it's—they're not calling it another Ghost Rider movie, but it's totally another Ghost Rider movie. Have, have you, you seen the poster Wicker for Man? this? Here you go. <laughs> have, have you seen the poster for this Nick Cage movie that's coming out? No. No. Let me let me look at this up. I can hear Jack typing, like immediately no. after asking that. It's—I um, think this is the one. It's called Mandy. I think. But but I swear I swear this looks like another. <laughs> I, I feel like legally they're not allowed to call it a Ghost Rider movie, but I swear it's a Ghost Rider movie. Look at his face. This is a completely another Ghost Rider movie. It is Mandy. That is the one I'm finding. That okay? You know what I'm looking at, audience? Like just just the wide-eyed, open-mouthed, sheer banshee pants ripping, hoist the main sails, brown pants. This is an emergency kind of screaming is what's on the Google image for Nick Cage, Mandy. It's exclusively that. You know exactly what I'm looking at. That is incredible. Oh my I gosh. S- I'm I haven't seen this yet, but I'm telling you that this is another Ghost Rider movie. It's Ghost Rider. 
It, it is. It absolutely is. He's making the same facial expressions. Well, we can look forward to that and season one of Nick Cage on the new Disney streaming service. <laughs> Alongside our subscription of Netflix and Verb. There's so uh, Jason, many services. Yeah. Jason, let me throw this question at you. Do you think the Ghost Rider could find a way to be adopted into the Marvel Universe? I, the Marvel I know Cinematic that Universe. There was the Ghost Rider in season three or four of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and beyond that, I don't know if they... See, it's still like unclear how much overlap there is between the movie universe and the TV universe. So like everything since, that happens... Since, in they're, TV, since they're getting rid of the Netflix universe. Yeah, true that. Everything on TV mm-hmm. is probably not canon, and if they really want to incorporate Ghost Rider into the movies, they'll probably start fresh. As for whether it can oh. be done, I don't... Give us a, don't, give us a Nick Cage cameo, man! If, I, if people are trying to... Uh, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Just, if people are trying to bring back Tobey Maguire as the pizza guy in a new Spider-Man movie, they can goddamn give us Ghost Rider... Nick Cage, please. Yeah, I'll say I'm in favor of uh, Tobey Maguire pizza time meme canon and also retroactively making both of the Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider movies MCU canon. That's I'm totally on board with that. Same goes for Wesley Snipes and Blade. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, that'd be sweet. We wouldn't have a Marvel Cinematic Universe without Blade. True that. It is the first one. That's the. Are That's there any great movie for this time of year? The series, come on, man, watch watch all the Blade <laughs> for Halloween. That's a good idea. I think it's on Netflix now, so that's that's doable. Even better. There you go. Invite Perfect. Troy and Abed over to your apartment and light it on fire while he go get some pizza. Oh, Donald Glover. <laughs> now that's a reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm streets you... ahead with that reference. And streets you... ahead. You know that they're probably going to try and and remake Blade and, and have him star as it. You know that's going to happen. Yeah, I could see that happening. Even though Wesley Snipes is still around. He's still out there and he's fine. He's paid off his taxes. He, he's finished his time in jail. He's paid his debt. He's still doing acting roles. Just, just get... Just get... Nick Cage and and Wesley Snipes and just have them reprise their roles. Nobody it could be like will an mind. Ash versus Evil Dead thing. Nobody yeah. will mind. Make Nobody it, will make mind. It be too, make it be too bitter for this shit. Like, oh man, <laughs> I'm over this. Just I would g- love give, that. Give them give them a short film. Give give them a short. You know, give Blade a short. Give give Ghost Rider a short, and then have them do a cameo in. Whatever Captain Marvel's gonna be in in the next five years, that'll be fine. No, I just want a Blade short in front of Big Hero Six too, if that ever becomes a thing. Just give me a bunch of really inappropriate Marvel-related shorts in front of. There is no Big Hero Six too. That is not a thing. Blade and Big Heroes. What? I don't know. I don't know. I was trying to think of like, huh, a short, and then I thought, well. Disney owns Marvel, and then I thought of a Disney animated short, and then I thought, well, their most likely Marvel property is Big Hero 6, so if they ever try and milk that cash cow again, not that anybody at Disney's ever thinking about anything like that, there you go. There's your Blade short right in front of that movie and, and that just, no one wants to see. Just throw Wesley Snipes a bone. He's he's earned it. 
You know, he's, he's due. For, yeah. And, Man, I want to watch Blade. And and <laughs> don't let Luke Cage die. Don't don't let Luke Cage die. People are saying it could be like since they canceled Iron Fist at the same time, people think they might just uh, be making a series for both of them, Heroes for Hire. Yeah, Probably Heroes not. for Hire. It's hey. definitely wishful thinking, no. but yeah, you know, it is. It's we can hope. Knockwood. Yeah, I don't have maybe, a fist, but maybe. I, I don't care for Iron Fist, so just I don't. maybe. Uh, I will admit I am one of the 12 people in the world that did not hate Iron Fist. I, I'm I'm one of the 12, Jack. Uh, I was there. This, I was there. I, yeah, I enjoyed the, it. <laughs> so so I I guess it's just you and me and a few other people. But, and all um, of the people. You guys will have to uh, rebrand this podcast to just an Iron Fist fan podcast. Well, <laughs> we, we'd we'll just have, watch it every week. We'd have even less listeners. Come on, man. <laughs> Please watch Iron Fist. <laughs> or, or watch Into the... It's not if even you that want, great. I just enjoyed it. Mildly. Or, or watch Into the Badlands. That's better. It's everything you want from Iron Fist, but way better. Watch Into the Badlands. It's on Netflix. Watch it. Well, you know, now that we're just pleading for people who are clearly listening to our <laughs> podcast for things, and it's on my mind, hashtag legalize Darkstalkers. It's irrelevant. I, I swear to God, I'm, I, I have no idea how the incredibly boring character cast of, well, mostly incredibly boring, there are some exceptions, to Street Fighter was deemed more engaging and popular than the exquisitely designed Darkstalker series. That's Jack D. Tyler D. on Twitter. Rock behind the horror reel <laughs> at Instagram. Uh, come at me. Come at me. i am got my fists a-swinging. I'm ready. Let's throw down in Darkstalkers well, even. While Jack is is ready to catch those hands, uh, I want to thank Jason for coming on APOS. Uh, tell us everything you've got going on. Uh, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, so as you mentioned at the beginning, I have a podcast called Page to Frame. Uh, every month I have a different guest on who has picked out a book that's been turned into a movie, and then we both read the book and we watch the movie. And then we talk about them. We talk about whether we liked them, what the themes were, and then whether or not the team adapting this book did a good job. And then kind of which one we liked better. Um, that's going to branch out into books that have been turned into musicals or musicals that have been turned into movies or concept albums that have been turned into musicals or video games that been, have been turned into movies and vice versa and all that. So we're going to cover all of that stuff in the upcoming seasons of that podcast. I also write some short-form comedy. As you mentioned, most of that can be found on a website called Points in Case, and I just had something published uh, for a site called Philosophical Idiot last month, and that was a short story called SpaceX. So that is my pinned tweet on my Twitter, which is at page 2 frame. Uh, that's two, like the number two at page to frame. So you can find most of my content on there. Awesome. Jason Gong, thank you so much for joining us. And whenever, if you haven't already, when you get to Ghost in the Shell, let me know. I'm interested. Let me I know will. about Ghost in the Shell. I oh, would yeah. love to have either of you guys on or both at the same time. But yeah, I would love to do that one. I am most certainly these kind of person that is very, very contentious about 
books and musicals, and I love to be openly contentious <laughs> about it. So let's do it. Oh, That's boy. perfect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the best episodes are the ones where we are uh, mostly shitting on the people trying to adapt the work. So those are the more fun episodes. So have say, you done, have you done Avatar yet? Book. Have you done Avatar yet? Oh, David, boy. I, I, for no reason, will watch Avatar again. <laughs> How do you think I feel? I went there in cosplay to the theater. Oh, Lord. Uh, to the theater. In fact, I'm still kind of contentious about the Netflix adaptation. So if that ever gets bloody addressed, let me just tell you right now, I'm still not cool with them thinking that they could do it better than they ever did because uh, that's not what animation about. No, no, it's not. Yeah, I was, I was actually going to do an emergency episode about that after it was announced. I still can, so if you want to talk about it even before it comes out, because I just got guys who are going to get in a circle and yell about how mad they are about this new series with me, and if <laughs> yeah. you'd like to be a part of that... Let's go. Uh, Jack, Jack that's all you. Jack, that's all you. Great. Oh, I'm ready. Let's unleash the rage. <laughs> Perfect. I won't have enough angry Donald Duck gifts in, in my toe for that, but boy, howdy, they are all over the place. Ugh. And we will get angry about the upcoming Avatar series uh, on a future episode of the anime podcast of some sort. If you like what you've listened to, go ahead and give us the old five stars in iTunes, but you can find us anywhere. So go ahead and uh, check us out. You can check us out in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, uh, wherever else. Uh, probably not YouTube, just because I don't think the numbers there are, are very good. Uh, but yeah, everywhere else, look for the anime podcast of some sort by name. And of course, at DeltaJulietMike.com. Jason, thank you again for joining us. Jack, I, I'm I'm putting up my heart hands. I'm putting up the heart hands. And, and I want to thank all of you for listening. And we'll talk about cartoons again soon. Grim grinning ghosts come out to socialize. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>